I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at rainnetwork.com. Welcome to the Beyond COVID podcast from RAIN Network. In this podcast series, David Lawrence, founder of RAIN, speaks with Dr. Fred Southwick, an infectious disease specialist at the University of Florida's College of Medicine, and Dr. Bill Lang, an expert in public health responses to biological incidents about the current state of the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's listen in on this week's conversation. Fred and Bill, uh, thank you. This is a, a little bit of a special edition of uh, Beyond COVID uh, to talk about um, obviously something that's received a lot of media coverage, which are the smoke conditions that came in from Canada into the United States as a result of the wildfires and a lot of commentary about uh, this being also part of the new normal. And I know from our conversations, uh, both of you have been very thoughtful about some of the applicable lessons from COVID uh, that are transferable to these types of situations, both in terms of preparation and response. So I thought it'd be great uh, just for the audience to begin to hear some of the insights uh, that you have and what you can share. And Bill, I know uh, in your work at Homeland Security, you had some experience with uh, precisely this kind of issue. Maybe we'll start off uh, with you. Sure, well, thanks, David. Um, at Homeland Security, the FEMA comes under Homeland Security, and FEMA is dealing with wildfires you know, essentially every year. So I spent a lot of time uh, working with my my deputy at the time was an industrial hygienist. So we, I got a crash course in um, in how in the health effects of wildfires. Um, a couple of important things to start with is that the wildfires that we are currently experiencing from from Canada they, apparently they the fires themselves are starting to be knocked down and the prevailing winds have carried most of the the dangerous uh, smoke and smoke byproducts wood wood burning byproducts out of the northeast and they're carrying them into the southeast now just because of the distance and diffusion it's not as bad in the southeast but some of the same considerations uh, come to play this also gets back to our normal subject, which is COVID, because just three weeks ago, the CDC put out new indoor air quality guidance. For the first time ever, they they issued recommendations for the minimum air exchanges per hour uh, in commercial properties. That's That number is five. Uh, five air exchanges per hour is typically less than most modern buildings already achieve and certainly with covid where buildings learn to maximize their air exchanges uh, they're they're ahead of the game on the recommendation cdc also said that the five air exchanges per hour are typically adequate for other air quality issues so they were a little bit prescient on on that in terms of getting ahead of this this current but the key thing, one of the key differences, however, is that with COVID, we always said you need to maximize your outside air intake, your makeup airflow. Uh, most of your air exchanges should be literal air exchanges, bringing in outside air and getting the potentially virus-containing air to the outside. With 
things like uh, wildfire smoke, it's kind of the opposite of that. You want to minimize your fresh air intake and maximize your air filtration with recirculation. So that's a that's something that the HVAC experts will get into. Um, but that's that's the key thing is is you want to get if you're in a modern building with modern HVAC where they can tweak that a bit, you're probably going to have the safest air exchange being in a building. Um, I know there was a lot of concern, you know, should people go to work with this bad air airflow uh, or the, the bad air coming from the, the fires? Well, the reality is if you're in a modern or even a reasonably modern building, uh, office building, that's probably safer even than home, where home, the only makeup air you're getting is air that's coming straight from outside. And there's typically very little filtration. Speaking of filtration, the one of the big problems with the uh, with the wildfire smoke is the particulate matter. Uh, some people have said that the particulate matter in air in wildfire smoke, if you're out in that for the an hour, that's the equivalent of smoking eight to 10 cigarettes. Well, the good news there is that a high quality mask, um, an N95 mask, or even a well-fitting surgical mask, well-fitting being an important consideration, can filter out most of the most dangerous particulate matter. But if you've been out in this smoke um, with a mask on, you'll notice that you still smell it and you still maybe even taste it after a while. Well, that's because it's not just particulate matter. There's also volatile organic compounds that are in there. Those have some danger, but nowhere near as dangerous as the uh, the particulate matter that creates a cigarette smoking like condition because it's the same thing. You're you're burning uh, you're burning plants and then inhaling those burning plant uh, byproducts. So a mask can be very helpful. Just don't expect that it's going to uh, eliminate any side effects and your your clothes are going to clearly smell like you've you've been in near in a in a wood fire. Um, the one other consideration that businesses and even people at home should have is that portable air filters that many people have put aside, maybe even thrown out, um, bring them out again. Check the filters. Uh, replace the filters, do whatever servicing you have, but a an air filter that a portable air filtration device that has good filters and is sized appropriately to the space you're covering can be very, very effective. Um, many commercial buildings, um, people that I've I've been working with a bit, you know, they've brought their portable air filters back out and they're they're running. Again, it's not going to filter out the all of the volatile organic compounds, so you're still going to smell it, but it's going to filter out almost all of the dangerous stuff. Plus, many of the portable air filtration units have um, charcoal filtration, and the charcoal filtration will also help to filter out the uh, volatile organic compounds. So I've been talking for a while. Uh, I should shut up now. Well, Bill, I, you're, you're an expert on this. I can just say that uh, the uh, M95s will uh, filter out uh, a lot of the more most harmful, but there there are fine aerosols and organics. You're saying under two microns. Uh, remember the uh, COVID, the aerosol was usually two to five microns, uh, and the uh, filters worked uh, reasonably well, probably uh, 90 95 percent clearance, and uh, therefore dramatically reduced the infectious rate. 
Um, in this situation, you'll get the larger particles, but you will still get the finer particles will come through. And I agree with you, fortunately, I, I do still keep my, I decided to keep my indoor air filters running uh, all the time because there is always influenza and other viruses that could be transmitted inside. So why not continue with those filters? So I, I agree with you, the inside filters, uh, and particularly with this smoke, will be very, very helpful. So once again, uh, there was also um, a question of information. Where can people go? What information can they rely upon? Um, I think, you know, in fairness to our political leaders in you know, the greater New York area, uh, the spread of the smoke and the and the what I'll refer to is the degree of the smoke condition uh, caught everyone by surprise, and so uh, I think. Be great, no different than you know during the period of COVID. Where can people go when they do have concerns about the quality of the air and how they should check it and you know begin to think about the risks of going outdoors, whether to wear a mask or not wear a mask, uh, whether to put an air purifier inside their home, etc. Do you have any guidance for the audience? That, that's a little bit tough because other than sources like this, um, many of this typical public health uh, uh, providers, public health information providers, take so long to give information together that by the time they are putting the information out, the incident's over. Um, what a good source for local air quality is the the standard commercial weather uh, providers, uh, bo both AccuWeather and uh, I should say all three, AccuWeather, Weather Underground, and Weather.com all have on their website uh, various, using various sources, they have a score. They use different scores, different, uh, it's not as standardized as it is with other aspects of weather, but they'll give you an idea of whether it is a dangerous to people who have respiratory conditions or other health conditions um, or is it is it something that everybody should be minimizing in New York City for the past couple of days the recommendation has been everybody should minimize um, you get down to DC area where I am um, or now down in the southeast what they're seeing is their the recommendation the levels that they're seeing the recommendation is for those people who have any type of respiratory condition should make sure they are protecting their source of air, whether it's staying indoors or uh, wearing a high quality mask, which has its own problems, of course. Yeah, I, I should point out that uh, in Florida right now, I, I have, uh, I use the Apple Watch actually has uh, um, a weather and the air quality for uh, Gainesville, Florida is 41. And I understand that in New York, uh, Dave, that it was up to uh, uh, nearly 500. Uh, it indicating it, how severe it was on Wednesday. Absolutely right, Fred. Correct. And that's almost incapable. I mean, that's a very dangerous, uh, real severe health hazard. And I should point out, I'm, I'm glad you guys are uh, mentioning some of the commercial, whether it's the Apple Watch or you know the different weather services. Uh, when they give you an indication of the air quality, they usually have a ribbon 
um, and maybe it's, sometimes it's, I've, I've seen it color-coded uh, to indicate um, sort of safe, moderate risk, high risk, uh, et cetera, and, um, which I, I at least found helpful. I didn't know about the spectrum until, you know, I had to search because the information coming out of uh, official sources, as, as you said, Bill, was uh, it's, it's not yet been built out, but hopefully, you know, from every one of these incidents, uh, there's a uh, learning scale. Uh, Fred, from your standpoint, um, maybe you can explain to people why these types of conditions must be taken uh, seriously. And it's funny because on the streets of New York, uh, where I am, uh, I heard a number of people remarking uh, that they really in, in, they, they were enjoying the smoky smell of the air. It, it was like being in front of a fireplace. Uh, but in any event, maybe, maybe you can share with people why they need to take this a little more uh, seriously. Um, sure. Yeah, the, the, the particles are fairly small, a uh, number of them. And the smaller they are, the more the deeper they can get into the respiratory tract. So if you take a deep breath with uh, this kind of fine smoke, um, certainly the larger particles will get down into the bro lower bronchi. But then the finer particles, the two to five microns can actually uh, get all the way to the alveoli, the, the gas exchange uh, parts of the lung and cause inflammation. And then inflammation uh, can, can cause bronchospasms. So the, the bronchi have smooth muscles that when there's inflammation, they can get irritated and then spasm. And uh, that gives you an, can give you an asthma-like attack with wheezing. And certainly, if it's prolonged enough, uh, you can get permanent damage, and that's what happens with the patients that smoke, is that uh, the inflammation continues for prolonged periods of time. Uh, theoretically, you can get uh, bronchitis uh, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Now, that would take years, so I don't think that we have to worry about that, but I do think that asthma, uh, sudden onset of shortness of breath, uh, you should take seriously, and... Some people will need bronchodilators uh, when that happens and may actually have to uh, seek uh, medical attention because you can get, your oxygen levels can go down significantly if it's severe bronchospasm. And Bill, um, taking away from your conversation, um, it sounds like the new normal, people should hold on to their masks, um, obviously pay attention to the broader environment and um, Sometimes commercial services as well as some of the um, leading medical sites are good places to check. And um, the importance of uh, having some basic equipment inside the house as well, air purifiers and whether, Fred, as you said, for COVID purposes, but also for these types of conditions is, um, can be very, very helpful. And um, it sounds as though a number of good lessons uh, coming out of COVID need to be remembered and um, certain basic equipment that one can have in the house can prove very, very David, important. I, yeah. I think it is worthwhile mentioning that that um, th those are the, pe the people who are listening who are maybe east of the, um, you know, at, at near the Rockies or east of the Rockies, 
or west of the Rockies, I should say, they're listening to all this and thinking, what are those damn Easterners worried about? We deal with this every Correct. single year. I was going to ask, <laughs> right, this is where you stand on this issue depends upon where you sit. And yes, we, we got it once and we're, you know, we're, it's headline issue, uh, et cetera. And the people in the mountainous areas and or Colorado's had fair share of fires and you know you had situations in Arizona and the people in Australia have been dealing with this and obviously you know California and and, and Washington and Oregon correct you you are right um, this is a, uh, a somewhat new a new experience for the Northeasterners good point Bill uh, but nonetheless um, it's yeah. still all worthwhile to, yeah. keeping in mind and for everybody out west that it's it's not without risk. Um, it's just a risk that can be managed. And David, the, as we've talked about many times, disinformation played a huge, huge role uh, in COVID-19. Well, disinformation with regards to global warming is having a huge impact on all of us. And our children are uh, very upset that uh, we've allowed uh, this global warming to continue without sufficient action on, on a, a global level right. because of disinformation. And, and probably some lessons just to balance everything out in forest management, which um, has not necessarily received sufficient funding or uh, approvals. Um, so one of, the, one of the things I, you know, I was talking to some people up in Canada uh, the ability, first of all, the, the, the fires up in Canada reportedly have been raging since March, uh, but uh, have been highly um, inaccessible for uh, various firefighting services to reach. So some lessons there uh, as well, Fred, but very, very good points. All right, Bill, uh, we'll toughen up here in New York, okay? We're eight and a half million people living in a relatively dense environment. and. Uh, it did look like Mars on Wednesday uh, here in the city. And I will say, uh, when people can't see the Empire State Building, they tend to freak. Uh, so that was, you know, part of the zeitgeist. There's also some thought that this, um, the degree of particulate matter in the atmosphere was enough that it's actually caused um, unseasonable cooling in the Northeast. Um, probably not enough to have any long-term effects or even intermediate-term effects, but it is cooler than would otherwise have been anticipated for this time of year. As it was before, so we'll leave it. So um, again, Fred and Bill, thank you not only for the time, but uh, the common, common sense approach uh, to our health and medical risks and things that are evolving as our new normal. So until next time, Again, with uh, tremendous gratitude for your insights. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. This is the Rain Insights podcast, which is part of the Rain Insights series, comprised of both virtual and real-world events, offering unique practical perspectives from Rain's leading experts in risk management. To learn more, please visit us at rainnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E-Network.com. Thanks for listening.